Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time for the Blue Blows Podcast. With your hosts, Alonso and Juan, Alicia Del Valle, and the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code Leave for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Welcome to another edition of the Bleed Loath podcast. I am Roger Arrieta, and that is Cody Snavely, and we're going to be talking some Dodger baseball here with you tonight, or t- today, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, before we get going with that, if you are coming across us for the first time, I'd ask that if you can please subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification button, that way you know when we do go live or when we do drop another episode uh we're dropping a bunch of ton of ton of content you know i was out at spring training last week dropped a bunch of content from that as the games are going on spring training content we get we're dropping that on our youtube as well so before we get started um some of you guys that might have seen on our on our socials that uh, we posted a couple of days ago that alicia uh del valle was in a in a pretty bad accident last week her jeep uh she got t-boned in her jeep and it flipped like four times um she was sent to the hospital she had a couple broken bones some bruises some scratches uh but thankfully she is doing good uh she's actually i believe she actually got released from the hospital today uh so all good news i mean considering if you saw some of those pictures it could have been really bad and thankfully she is okay and you know i was joking with her i don't know if you've caught some of our lives you know she's always said that she wants to be a wrestler i'm like man you like you should have really been a wrestler because, like, you really took a tumbling. Like, you really – and, like, she, like – she pretty much walked out of it. Yeah, she had a couple broken bones, but, you know, she walked out of it, thankfully, and, and she's doing good, and hopefully we'll get to catch up with her uh, pretty soon. Maybe, you know – I don't know when she might want to come on or anything like that, but, you know, we're going to let her rest and let her heal, and then, you know, hopefully we'll we'll get her back on pretty soon. First thing first, uh, Cody, um, pretty exciting day at Camelback today, right? Did you uh, – kind of see what was going on at Camelback. I think everybody, any every Dodger fan kind of saw what was going on at Camelback today. Yeah, I think every Dodger fan and every baseball fan pretty much got word of who was making their debut today. Um, and that is Shohei Otani, someone that we've been looking forward to seeing playing a full game or, well, you know, starting the game for a spring training game at Camelback Ranch in Arizona kicking off um, his Cactus League debut for the Dodgers. Um, and it couldn't have went any better, I, I guess. You know, he takes his first, you know, live swings in a game for the first time since he went down with an oblique injury in September. Um, and he ended up hitting a home run today, which I, I will definitely get into as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's really exciting now because now it's it's starting to get into my head that, you know, this is real. We have this guy here. We have this guy here for the next 10 years. And just look at the lineup that they put out today. You know, I put out a tweet on X earlier. Um, and I just said, look how deep this lineup is. And it's missing Gavin Lux and James Outman. Pretty much that lineup from one through nine was 
pretty much going to be their opening day lineup as long as everything uh, goes well for the rest of the next couple of weeks health-wise. Um, but seeing Otani finally take swings in, in, in Dodgers blue, um, it was definitely something to get exciting for today. And I'm glad that I guess we saw Otani in, in that two in that two hole, right? And that, that was kind of the big debate, right? Doc Roberts had they didn't want to give it away, and Freddie Freeman been talking about like they they knew what what the uh, that top lineup was going to look like, but they didn't want to give it away. And there was a lot of speculation: is he going to bat second? Is he going to bat third? And the numbers point to it. He's it's he's better in that in that two hole, and that's where where we saw him today in the in that two hole. And they did say you know that is how they're more than likely starting the season, and you know they'll go like that for a while and see how it goes. But you like him in the two hole, right? Yeah, uh, when it was first announced, you know, when obviously the signing happened, you know, we knew Betts was going to lead off. It was really just down to does Freddie still stay in the two hole or does he move down to the three hole or does Otani hit in the three hole, vice versa. Um, I argued pretty early on that it made more sense to bat Otani in the two hole just because, like you said, the stats backed it up. You know, this guy in the two hole has a OPS over one and is extremely elite. Yes, his OPS is still pretty good. It's like the 900s when he's in the third spot. But you're going to put Otani in the best position for him to succeed. And Freddie Freeman's no slouch in the three-hole either. You know, Just looking at all three of their guys' OPS in terms of bets at one, Otani at two, and then Freeman at three, it has the potential to be, and we've already seen it everywhere, it has the potential to be one of the best top three lineups in probably MLB history. This is one of those things that you're going to be looking back and be like, hey, remember when these three guys played all at the same time? at the top of the order in the prime of their, of their careers. Uh, Mookie Betts leading off as a 915 career OPS. Um, Shoei Otani in his career hitting in the two hole has a one dot OPS. And then Freeman has a 900 uh, OPS at over 900 in the three hole, which is extremely, extremely, you know, just phenomenal. And it's, it's really gets me excited now to see them all, um, come together for that lineup. And this is kind of a preview of what we're going to be seeing in the regular season, day in and day out. If things don't go according to plan, obviously there's going to be some lineup shifting, but I would say it's a safe bet that this will be the uh, top three of the lineup in that order for a majority of the season. Yeah, so he had three at-bats today, right? His first one he struck out. Second, A.B., he hit into a, a double play, did knock in a run. And then the third one, he hits that home run. Going to left field, right, showing his power. What was it like, 102 off the bat, right? Yeah, they're like three, what, 377? I think I saw something like that. So he showed the power. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is you know his first game, kind of. I don't know. Did you have it in the back of your mind? Did, did you think he was going to hit a home run in his first AB? Because I mean, he's already shown like you know, and I, I know these things aren't like pressure packed, you know, but he's out there in, in front of his his you know new team, his new fan, right? I'd imagine there's some pressure on him, right? He went out there in his first, you know, live BP. I know I get it, it's live BP, right? First time out there, right? He hit a home run in, in that, in, you know, that BP session. So it's a little bit of pressure, right, that the guy's feeling, right? And he's out there and he's showing, hey, let me go out there and let me perform. You know, he's not scared of the moment, I guess, or whatever. And he discussed it after the after the game. He said there wasn't really much nerves. He's kind of just getting out there, getting his work and getting it done. I mean, but did you kind of expect him to hit a home run in his first game? I mean, 
I kind of did, you know, especially if you watched his first at bat. Yes, he struck out, but he was extremely aggressive in that at bat. You know, he had two swings where, you know, his he had that one swing where his helmet flew off and it looked like he was swinging with all his might. I think he, he won't say it, but I think he was just excited to finally be out there again, especially after going down with the injury uh, last year um, and then coming into his new team right now. And, you know, obviously it was a day game on what a uh, uh, Tuesday morning in, in, at the West Coast in Arizona, but it was a pretty packed crowd. You know, people were there to see Otani. The that's all the fans were there to see Otani, and he did give them a show. Obviously, the first at bat strikeout, looking nothing much. You know, some fans across the league had their fun with that one, um, and then the ground into a double play. You know, hey, he got them an RBI. I think it was more of those first two at bats. I was like, all right, he's just trying to get into the swing of things. He's this his first game in a while, and he's only taken a few live abs. We don't know what else he's done um, off the field. Um, so yeah, he's just getting his bearings together. You know, that's what this spring training is for. But once he got that home run and he took it oppo on an inside pitch, I said, all right, this is a guy hitting a home run who's not. He could say he's at 100% healthy. He's still rehabbing. He's still recovering. He still has to get built up to be an everyday hitter. And he still took this ball like 370 feet the other way. And it kind of looked effortless. And that should get you excited as a Dodgers fan because if he is fully healthy and is at 110% with his like effort and his swing, he has the ability to you know put together one of the best hitting seasons that a Dodgers ever seen, you know, even some people are projecting, you know, now that he only has to focus on hitting this season, they're projecting, you know, like very, very good numbers from a DH where maybe they could be good enough to where he could be the first MVP winner as a DH where they're saying, Hey, maybe he'll hit 45. Maybe he could hit 50 home runs. We don't know. He has that type of power, but I think I was expecting him you know, he likes to put on theatrics, you know, so that it's Shoei Otani. It's the Shoei Otani show. MLB wants this to happen. And I was kind of hoping that he would hit a home run today and end up getting my wish. And I don't know if, you know, speaking of the, of the strikeout, right, he strikes out and then you see already, you know, the haters on social media, <laughs> right? I don't know if you saw that. Was it? It was one of the stations in San Francisco, right? Yes. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if that was staged or not, right? But they're they're looking at the game and then he strikes out, right? And then you know, there's like, I don't know, 10, pe- 10 people in there. And then they just erupt, like, <laughs> and, and start cheering, right? That he struck the out. And like, White Sox themselves posted uh, a photo, a trio of photos, basically, or they're saying something about it. And it kind of just proves Mookie Betts' point that he made it fan fest, you know? Even if it was a joke from, you know, the White Sox social media team or, or that San Francisco radio station, it's still a bad look for mainly that San Francisco radio station, the way they celebrated the strikeout in spring training. But it, it proves Mookie Betts' points. You know, this any team the Dodgers are facing, they just want to beat the Dodgers, whether it's spring training, an exhibition game, or a regular season game. It is, in a way, their World Series. And I viewed it that way with, with any team facing the Dodgers. And I don't get the... I'm not fortunate enough to like be on the West Coast in LA to see them play at home. I get to see them play on the road in hostile territory. You know, I've seen them play in Baltimore. I've seen them play in Washington. I've seen them play in Philadelphia and I've seen them play in a lot of other competitive areas like New York. And those teams, no matter if they're good or bad, they try to play LA extremely hard. And I think that's something that we've been preaching on this show. Yeah. And I still have seen, 
because the Dodgers are undefeated it so far. They, they have one tie, right? They haven't lost. They haven't lost the game right yeah. to this to this you know time of this recording. And I still I've seen on social media that the Angels are actually kind of proud that they didn't lose to this team, right? That they actually <laughs> tied, right? I've seen it going around social media like they're actually like they're proud, you know, they're they're super excited that they didn't lose and they're the only team that have, that have tied them. So you know, goes back to your point, right, with the whole Mookie thing, right? The, every team is going to be you know, trying to beat the Dodgers wherever it's at, right? But getting back to Shohei, I'm excited for that Korea series because I'm kind of expecting a home run in that that first game there. That's where I want to see it. Like, imagine he hits a home run in... I mean, imagine he hits it in his first at-bat. How do you think social media is going to look if he doesn't in his first day be in Korea as officially a Dodger? Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how many people, like general baseball fans that are actually awake in the U.S., because, you know, that, that game on the East Coast will be at 6 a.m. And then on your time, it'll be around 3 a.m. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to happen. I fully expect him to do something. If it's not a home run, I expect him to do something like, say, a go-ahead hit and, like, late in the game or goes four for four in a game. He's going to do something to put on a show because that's just who he is, you know. He's a really great player, um, one of the best players in baseball, Um probably you could argue history and um, the fact that he's going to be starting those games. And I would say it's also a safe bet that the guy who's making his debut um, on Wednesday, Yamamoto, he will likely probably be the opening day starter for that series. If I had to put money on it. Um, So seeing those two make their debuts um, in the regular season in Korea with that crowd, that's definitely going to be ecstatic to see, you know, American baseball and Shohei Otani, who's a worldwide, uh, you know, superstar. Um, it, it's definitely something that's going to be like, like a, it's going to be like a movie. It's going to be a movie. Otani's going Hollywood. So we saw Shohei make his debut, right? His Dodger debut. But we also saw another guy making his first spring training debut for uh, for this season, right? And that's Bobby Miller, right? A lot of hype with Bobby Miller, right? After the season he had last year, going into his second season, you know, a lot of Big expectation, big expectations are on Bobby Miller for you know to repeat and improve from what he did last year. And I don't know, I thought he did pretty good, right? One run in the first inning, then the second inning, a lot smoother. What was what was your takeaways from Bobby Miller today? Yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched this show, read my work on Dodgers beat, you know, I'm extremely high on Bobby Miller. I was when they drafted him and then when he made his rounds to the minor leagues. So seeing him come up last year, making his debut in May, and then pretty much I mean, I don't think it's a an understatement to say he was probably the Dodgers' best pitcher collectively last season. And, you know, he was someone that they relied on heavily and they're definitely going to rely on um, in 2024 as well. And he's looking to slot in as the third or fourth starter in this rotation. So um, we ex- need to expect a big year for Miller for the Dodgers to accomplish their ultimate goal, mm-hmm. which is to win a World Series. So, um First start, you know, we don't we know it's not going to be anything like that's going to blow you away. He's not going to go three or four innings. He he's going to get his one to two innings, which is what he did. Only one run. The first inning, you know, he had around I believe like fifteen to like seventeen pitches, um, a little bit more than what you would like. But if you're anyone that watches baseball like a religion like we all do, you know, in spring training they're not looking about you know, how effective they can go late into the game or look whatever they're doing. They're experimenting with their pitches. They're feeling their grips. They're getting back into the swing of things. And that's 
overestimated for pitchers. You know, that they're the ones that are tweaking every little thing to make sure that they're ready come opening day. And for the Dodgers, it comes a little bit faster than most clubs this year. Uh, March 20th is that opening day series in Korea. So um, I, I, I liked it. I, I was fine with it. You know, Miller, I thought, you know, he did give up that one run. That was fine. Similar to Tyler Glass now where uh, some Dodger fans were kind of overreacting in his debut where he got hit around hard. Um, newsflash, guys, these guys throw like 98, 99 miles per hour. If a hitter makes contact, it's going to have an exit velo over 100. That's just how it is. Um, but I think it's a good first step in the right direction for both these guys. So I'm really excited to see both of them make their next uh, appearance this spring. And, you know, with, with spring training, I mean, yeah, you want you want these guys to go out there. You want them to perform, right? You want them to shut down the other team, right? You want them to kind of look their best. But a lot of times these guys are working on stuff, right? They're, they're working on certain pitches. They're working on, you know, maybe location. Like they're, they're working on different stuff. So if they go out there and they give up three, four runs, right? It's not necessarily that, you know, that they're going to be bad or whatever, right? They're, they're just working on stuff. They're trying to work on some mechanics. So you can't really take it that much, you know, with all, you know, seriousness of what actually happens in spring training. It's They're putting in the work, right? And, yes, it's great when you have guys like Otani hit the home runs and you have someone go in there and, and shut down because, you know, their work they're, is showing that their work is is – is working right and they're, they're, they're progressing towards their goals so it was a good start for bobby miller you know he'll come out for his next start you know hopefully the same thing but i mean bobby miller right right now like you mentioned he's what dodgers number three starter right yeah i mean definitely yeah so you know we'll, we'll see with bobby miller how how that progresses but there were other some other dodger pitchers that came in we have guys like uh, gavin stone that pitched today um blake trinan pitched today Michael Grove pitched. I know Grove. Grove gave up a was it a three run home run? Right, I think I believe he gave up a three run home run. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I know Trinan. Trinan looked good again. Uh, Gavin Stone is looking good again. Like, where do you? How do you figure guys like Stone and Grove are going to fit into this rotation, or are they going to fit into this rotation or or bullpen? Yeah. Um, speaking of Gavin Stone, you know, this is a guy that has kind of defied all odds. You know, he didn't have the best start to his career last year, but it seems like they've made some tweaks to um, his, you know, how he's pitching. And he did mention, I believe he had some type of an injury last year that was kind of affecting him. I think it was like a, I think it may have been like a toe injury or something. I don't know if you got anything on that. Um, But yeah, he's definitely made the adjustment. His changeup looks you know, filthy, his fastball. It looks like he just has a better demeanor on the mound, which is everything. You know, if you don't, if you're a pitcher and you don't have confidence, you're not going to translate well uh, facing big league batters. So, um, and then recently out of camp, I don't, Dave Robertson didn't really make a big issue about it, but they did say that they're slow playing Emmett Sheehan a little bit because he had some, I believe, arm soreness um, saying that, he may have just been trying to overthrow it because I believe he had a live AB against Otani uh, sometime last week. So they're taking their time with him as well. Um, honestly, that fifth spot in the rotation right now is up for grabs with Walker Bueller pretty much in limbo right now. I, I thought he was going to maybe making his debut in May. I mean, everything we're hearing out of cat camp is just making me more and more worried where is this guy going to make his debut in May? Is it going to be in June? Is he going to come back at all? I mean, so the fifth spot's open, you know, James Paxton, who 
he will likely get like that fourth or fifth spot, but somewhere in there, there's going to be another starter. So if Sheehan isn't ready health wise, I could very well see Gavin Stone just sliding in there. Michael Grove is obviously an option. They're very familiar with him as well. Did give up a couple runs today, but um, yeah, they have options. I think that's the big thing about this Dodgers roster is that in terms of pitching and minor league depth, they are probably one of the best teams in baseball with pitching depth. Um, they have arms for days that can replace anybody at a minute's notice. So um, definitely those first month, that those first two months, you're going to see a collective of Grove, Stone, Sheehan, and then Kyle Hurt potentially uh, making their debuts and coming up and helping the big league club. And with Grove today, he came in with two outs, got the last guy. So that was planned, right? They wanted to bring him in, join an inning, kind of just bring him in, you know, you know, for a game situation, right? They got if they're going to do that during the season, right? They're going to bring him in, you know, whenever they, they need to bring him into the game. So he was able to come in, get his out. Then he came back in. That's where he kind of struggled in that next inning. But yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that that they are stretching him out as well. So he could be a spot starter, right? He could go in there and, and fill in that fifth spot. And he could be a guy that's going to come out out of the bullpen. So yeah. Michael Grove, you know, he's got, you know, he's going to, he's going to be ver- pretty versatile for them in that, in that bullpen, I believe. So we'll see what continues with, with, with Grove. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, Gavin Stone's looking pretty good so far, right? That, you know, he's, he's been showing a lot of improvement over from last year you know, the struggles that he had. And it's it's good to see Gavin Stone because now it's good when all these guys are, are competing, right? All these guys are competing, you know, you're getting all, especially all these young guys, because now it's going to really push all those young starters to get, you know, to get going and, and, and see who's going to get that, that fifth spot for Walker Bueller. And Bueller actually had a live AB today. So, but we still don't have a timetable on him when he might actually, you know, get back in the rotation. So did you hear anything on, on his uh, live today? Yeah, I've been trying to look, scour, you know, the social media and the interwebs, kind of seeing if there's any, like, velo readings or if there's anything about, you know, how the at-bats went. Um, haven't seen anything yet. I assume probably tomorrow when they talk to the media again, there will probably be an update on everything about that. I know the other day at camp they were saying he was topping out at, like, 92 miles per hour, which – kind of was eye-opening to me just because you know you hear walker bueller's name you expect to see at least like a 96 mile per hour fastball if he's getting down to that clinton kershaw territory in like maxing out 91 92 that's pretty concerning in my eyes um and it'll take a lot of adjustment adjustment adjusting on his part to get back to that pitcher but um yeah i don't know i'm interested he's probably the biggest question mark for the dodgers this year and and fortunate for enough they don't have to rely on him to even pitch at all this year like it would be a huge blow right away but you know they signed these guys you know and traded for some arms to fill out the rotation and um it's not 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 to say that they're done you know trade deadline can come if they feel like they have a really good shot to win the world series this year they'll go out and get a guy um if they believe it'll help put them over at the top you know they've shown the willingness to do that and i also agree with your point you know in terms of the roster i feel like the position player group is pretty much set in stone if you try to look for all right what are some position battles it's really just saying all right who gets injured and then miguel vargas just takes the spot but 
he's the odd man out there in that position group. But for the pitchers, you know, there's guys fighting for bullpen spots. There's guys fighting for that last fifth spot in the rotation. And I think that's going to bring out the best in a lot of these guys. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not too sure if that fifth spot is going to be dedicated maybe to one guy. It might, it might vary a couple, a couple of different yeah. outings. It might be one guy one time and then five days later, it probably might be somebody else. So, so we'll see. But also tomorrow, uh, in surprise Arizona, in surprise Arizona, they're taking on the World Champion Rangers, and uh, Yamamoto will be making his debut for the Dodgers. So that's going to be one, you know, that's going to draw a lot of eyes as well. Like today, Shohei Otani, and it's going to kind of be how is he going to pitch against uh, these Rangers? Like how are they, how are they going to react to to what he's bringing, you know, against them? Right. So we're hoping. You know, we know his his live VPs have been pretty pretty electric, right? I mean, I was there last week, and you know, he was facing. I remember when he was facing uh, Hayward and Vargas. I mean, he was throwing some nasty stuff. I mean, there was yeah. one where he, I think, I believe he struck out Hayward, and Hayward like kind of stopped and he looked back at him and he's kind of like, like, what was that? Like, kind of like, what did you throw that? Was that was that like a curveball or like he was like talking back to him? And I think he told him, yeah, and then he walked away. And you know, Vargas was the same up there. He was kind of just looking at him and kind of just trying to figure him out. So I'd expect that tomorrow, you know, especially these guys that have never seen him, you know, they're going to try and just kind of gauge and figure out what is this guy throwing at us? Right. So what are your expectations of, for Yamamoto tomorrow? Yeah, I think my expectations in terms of what the Dodgers are going to do with him, um, Mark Pryor, you know, he kind of said it best where they have to kind of ramp things up for some pitchers because of that opening day starting on March 20th. And by all accounts, it sounds like Yamamoto and Glassnow are going to be those starters for that series. So they have to get ramped up a little bit faster than other pitchers. So um, you saw Glassnow, he attempted to go, I think, two innings. Um, his start only went like an inning and two-thirds. Um, I assume Yamamoto is actually going to be given like the leash to go two innings as long as he's within like a good pitch count um, because, you know, he gets two innings this start next start. He may try to go three. And then after the start, after that, he may try to get four. And then guys, after that third start opening day is going to be like the next week or in the next couple of days after that. So um, I'm, I'm expecting two solid innings. Um, I think just because no, no team has seen him except for the Dodgers in terms of pitching, um, I think he may be, it's going to be like what you said, Jason Hayward, how he went through the event. Like they're going to be looking at these pitches. They may take some strikes. They, they may, um, may just be take a Miguel uh, Vargas approach from last year, just stand at the plate and just look at some things. Cause um, I think he's going to be attacking the zone. Um, I think he's going to be aggressive because I think not only is he working on stuff, but I think he's going to make a statement to say, you know, Japanese pitcher coming from the MPB coming over to the MLB. Um, let him know that he belongs here and I'm expecting a good showing from him tomorrow. Um, and the Dodgers are expecting probably the same thing. It'll be interesting to see if the Rangers have some of their, you know, everyday players, right? I mean, I'd love to see him face like Corey Seager, right? You want to see kind of some of those at bats and I'm sure guys like Seager, if, you know, if they had their, their choice, right, they probably want to be in there, right. And face Yamamoto and kind of see what the, what the hype's about. So, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and, and I do think, yeah, he'll probably go two innings and then probably like three, four. And then by the time he gets to Korea, you hopefully have him stretched out to five. And, you know, you go from there. But, you know, right now, you know, we see those pitch limitations probably like two, what, maybe 30, 35 at the most. Yeah. So. And it depends on how much traffic, say, if he walks a couple of batters, like 
in the first inning, you know, they're not going to go too long. They'll probably have a hard pitch count where it's like, Hey, if you get 30 pitches and you're still in the middle of a batter after that batter, you're going to come out. So um, I expect them to have it. Hopefully he gets through two innings, 15 pitches each, each inning, and then they'll call it a day. Yeah. So we'll look forward to that to tomorrow. Um, they're also Dodgers did make some moves. You know, we, we've continued to discuss this, you know, like, like are the Dodgers done? Like, I think now, I think they're done now, officially done until, you know, probably the, the, the trade deadline. Uh, but, you know, going into spring training, like, I still didn't think they were done, right? We we had heard the, the news, the rumblings, right, there that Margot was on the on the trading block, but he came into camp. And even prior, a couple of weeks ago, I remember I'd, I think you'd, I think you did a, a, a post on Dodgers beat, and I think I, I retweeted and I was saying, like, I didn't, you know, maybe they're going to make a move. Are they going to trade a Margot or somebody or a Rojas or somebody for, for Kike? And, you know, some people were, kind of responding i at that time i still i said i wasn't 100 percent solid that margot would be on this opening day roster and as we saw manuel margot got traded got traded to the twins and a couple minutes later they re-signed kike hernandez so first what are what are your thoughts on them first on the trade of margot and then bringing back kike hernandez yeah i think you and me both kind of were on the search for manuel margot all off season you know Dude was in witness protection program. Maybe he saw the writing on the walls where he probably wasn't going to be on this team. Maybe he was even surprised himself when he got to show up to Camelback Ranch when position players reported. I know you and I were shocked that, you know, that the Dodgers even took a picture of him. Um, I feel a little bad for him because, you know, it's like, I think he got traded like a day or two after Dodger, like photo day or like a week after. And they posted all over social media of him in the Dodgers uniform. So, I mean, Shout out to him. He got free. He got free gear, gear that he can hang up at his house now. You know, with the Margot Dodgers jersey. Um, but yeah, I I think I kind of expected it. You know, I've been on the um, Kike you know reunion tour probably since the middle of the off season. Um, I do remember that tweet that I did put out where I was saying, "Hey, it's really down to Margot or or um, Rojas. Like they're going to choose one or the other to get rid of to make a spot for him because." Even there was there was reports that Hernandez was interested in like other clubs, and as as far recently as the other day, where they said he was interested in the Angels and the Giants and the Padres. David Vasse said that he was also pretty much down to the wire between the Yankees um, before he made his decision to return to the LA. Um, I think the Dodgers just really wanted him back to begin with, but they wanted to do it on their terms, which is why it w- they waited so long into the offseason because. At the end of the day, they had to trade away a position player. And I kind of like the way the Dodgers kind of retooled the roster a little bit because they got rid of a lot of guys on their 40-man, but also traded for a lot of depth pieces. You know, they got a minor leaguer back in this trade, um, a second baseman. He was the first, uh, I think he was the 36-round pick from the... um, Isn't he a shortstop? He's a second base or shortstop. I think think he's shortstop for anyone first round, right? Yeah, sh- shortstop Noah Miller. He was the 36 ranked, um, or the number 36 overall pick in the 21 uh, 2021 draft. So he's still young. You're not going to see him anytime soon. But the Dodgers have made a variety of these types of trades. You know, you know they got rid of Victor Gonzalez, got Trey Sweeney back. You know they got rid of Caleb Fergus, got Matt Gage back. Um, it just gives them flexibility and the 
and the ability to add players for the future without taking up spots on their 40 man, which was something that was a huge issue for them all off season where they had, you know, they had to go through freaking windows just to make spots for certain guys. So um, I like the trade. I like the signing of Kike. Um, I, like I said, you know, I think he brings more versatility than Margot, the ability to play all over the infield, all over the outfield. Um, and hell, maybe he can even pitch an inning in relief or whatever if there's a blowout in a game. Um, I think it made sense. And the Dodgers even shared this sentiment as well because I did share in a couple articles with Dodgers beat, you know, highlighting some of uh, Margot's strengths in terms of like, you know, his sprint speed, his base running, and his defense. But I think at the end of the day, you want Hernandez to be in that spot in the postseason over Margot. And we've seen it. He showed up last year. He's shown up for the Red Sox before, and he's been a postseason hero for the Dodgers as well. And I think it's actually kind of interesting that both him, uh, both Brandon Gomes and Dave Roberts mentioned postseason success because that's something you rarely hear from the Dodgers front office and analytical team. You know, they don't that they view the postseason as something that's like completely random. But in their terms of talking about Hernandez, they mentioned his postseason success as a reason why they wanted him back on the team. So um, I also think it's just the last move uh, probably of this off season. Next moves are probably the deadline. And I think he really just solidifies the bench, which I've preached on this show has been a huge issue for the Dodgers for the past couple of years since 2020, you know, in the article I wrote the other day, you know, I've lived through Steven Souza jr. And Brian McKinney taking postseason at bats. And that was in 2021. And we sorely missed that's like Kiki Hernandez and Chris Taylor, the flexibility that they provide the Dodgers to play all over in a platoon role, I think is really good for them both. And we may see really good seasons out of both those guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the Manuel Margot thing, like even when they made that trade, I think that was kind of a head scratcher, right? Like when, when they were saying they were getting bad Manuel Margot. And I think, you know, as it, as it turns out, right. I think that was something, you know, Tampa Bay said, Hey, if you want glass now, you got to take Margot as well. Yeah. Right. I think that was kind of the, or else no deal but nothing against Margot. i just feel like he just never really fit into this i don't know why he just <laughs> didn't fit in with this team for whatever reason he just felt kind of odd like and it was kind of apparent like right you know we mentioned you know he never got any type of introduction you know he was kind of just like hey yeah we got manual manual Margot, and then you kind of never really heard about him and what's kind of odd for me too is like when he came when he was announced he was on the team I reached out to his people. I wanted to get him on our show. And and when I reached out, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, let, yeah, let, let's, let's make that happen. I'll, I'll reach out to him ASAP and let you know. And then I didn't hear back from them. And it was for a while. Like, I didn't hear back. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, I think they knew already, like, the Dodgers had told him, hey, you know, we got you, but we're going to try and trade you. So that's kind of what we're trying to do, trying to do. And then finally, a couple weeks later, I heard back from his agent. And he said, you know, you know, he'll pass on it at this time, you know, because I think, like I said, I, I think they knew, and even going into camp, I think they knew, and I had mentioned this to you, you know, when Kike uh, said that over the, I think it was over the weekend, right? They said he was down to four teams and he was ready to, to choose, and I had heard that he had contacted Friedman as well over the weekend, and he told him, hey, I'm ready to make a decision. And I think they knew, like, they had told him, we got to make this trade before we can sign you, and I think maybe you put a little bit of pressure to finally get this done. And, you know, they're able to trade Margot and Kike was there waiting. And Ross, you know, he could have ended up, you know, with what were the teams? Angels, Padres, Twins were one of the team and yeah. uh, Giants, right? So 
it didn't really make sense, you know, for Kiki to go into any one of those teams, you know, besides the Dodgers. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to, like you mentioned, to have Kiki back for all those reasons, right? The postseason success, right? The the right-handed bat off the bench. And, you know, he knows his team. You know, he knows what this team's about. He knows what this team's trying to get to. So, you know, he's definitely a fan favorite. So, you know, it makes all the sense in the world to to get Kike back in that spot. You know, much more vers- versatility, you know, for Margot. So, I mean, it, it, it's good to have him back. And, you know, we'll see how it all play, plays out. Yeah, I, I'm excited to have Hernandez back. You know, just the versatility alone and then the clubhouse presence. Um, but, yeah, it did seem a little... I, like I think Margot's still a good player. It just felt like I think the Dodgers in their front office do a good job of communication. So I think they probably told him from the get go once he was acquired, "Hey, we're gonna try to shop you. If you're still on the team come camp, like there's still a possibility like that we if a deal could come in place. Um, I think they probably would have liked to get a trade done before the team broke out. Um, but you know, some things just get delayed. This entire off season has been a constant standstill between players and, uh, teams and their agents. Um, so I'm just glad that the Dodgers got it done. Now we saw Kiki Kike is at, at camp now. Um, and I think this, this team is, it's finally set. We have a good understanding of what the roster is. And now it's just looking to the future and looking at ahead, not only at opening day, um, but looking at July to see what upgrades they're going to make. And then, Ultimately, we know what this team wants to accomplish, and that's they've mastered the regular season. They want to conquer October now. Yeah, and I actually got to to talk to Margot last week when I was at camp. So I got to talk to him for a couple minutes, and you know, you know, I told him, "Hey, welcome to the team, right? You know, good to have you here." And you know, he seemed happy to be on the team. You know, playing with these with these guys, these superstars. You know, he was totally cool, and um. But if, yeah, if you want to check out that that video interview of, I think, I think there's only two, two interviews of Margot as a Dodger. I, I know I did one, and I know Doug Doug McCain did one as well that same day. So check out those those videos of, of uh, the legendary Emmanuel Margot as a Dodger. Um, you know, we wish him the best in Minnesota, but now you know it's time to get time to get time to get going. I mean, time time's getting close. You know, we're within a month of uh, you know the the opening series, so. I don't know. Think things are moving fast, but uh, I think uh, that's going to wrap it up. You know, we'll be back. We're going to have a live uh, next, and then we'll have uh, another episode dropping. You know, with uh, after the Yamamoto stuff and uh, the rest of this week. Any closing thoughts? And how's your uh, hardball league going? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, we're still in training mode. We're getting ready. Oh, okay. You know, spring training started for us too. Uh, uh, but all jokes aside, um, yeah. You know. Uh, any other thing is that if you check out the the website Dodgers Beat, um, myself and Steve will will we start doing our player previews. Um, we'll be sure to mention that on the live tomorrow um, as well. Um, but yeah, we're gonna start going breaking down position by position. Um, obviously, we we know the players that are kind of locks, but we also still want to give you the you know their their projections for the the upcoming season because. Um, this is going to be an exciting 2024 season. Uh, the vibes are extremely different than last year where, you know, there was a lot more position player battles where this year it seems like it's just all-star after all-star MVP after MVP. So um, a lot to get excited for. That's going to do it then for this, this episode. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. And like I mentioned before, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, hit that subscribe 
um, button and then hit that notification button so you know whenever we'll, we're, we'll go live or we drop a new episode. I'm trying to get a couple out, you know, during the week and then we'll go live uh, weekly as well. So that's going to do it. Uh, thanks, Cody, for joining us and we'll talk to you guys next time. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. The game starts here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.